and welcome to The Contrarians, where we're right and you're wrong. Before we get to the show, let's get the pleasantries out of the way. First of all, our website. If you want more information about our little podcast, go to wearethecontrarians.com. That's where you'll find links to our old episodes, to our Patreon channel, and to our awesome Contrarians merch. You can show your support by buying a Contrarians mug or a pillow. I like the laptop bags myself. Second of all, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Or even go a step further and leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. Finally, if you want to reach out directly to us, that's what social media is for. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Contrarian Prime, or check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Contrarian Prime. Julio runs our official Twitter account at Contrarian Prime, but if you want to give me a piece of your mind or just want to banter about pro wrestling, you can follow me at Contrarian Alex. That's it. That's our intro. Now, time for the show. This is And we are recording for Contrarian's Corner for Without Saying Goodbye, or Backpackers, according to IMDb, or Hasta Que Nos Volvamos A Ver. <laughs> yeah, I was going to see if I could do it, Julio. Uh, hasta Que Nos uh, Volvamos A Encontrar. Encontrar, Encontrar. yes. Yeah. That's, that's not bad, Alex. <laughs> it, I took uh, Spanish in high school and college, and so like I... I I can pick up every few words or so, uh, mm-hmm. but I like I've never been able to roll my R's or anything like that. So, if I ever had to put like an emergency sentence together in Spanish, it would sound so fucking white. Do, do um, you know what that means, though? Do you know what "asignó volvamos a encontrar" means? Because it doesn't mean backpackers or without saying goodbye. I was going to ask what the direct translation is. Uh, it's "until we meet again," which is okay. a perfectly fine title. <laughs> they could have used that. It is, but it doesn't. It's not as evocative. <laughs> it doesn't really apply to the movie either. Well, th- well that's true, but that's the real title. <laughs> like Blue is the Warmest Color wasn't actually Blue is the Warmest Color. It was, uh, la, what was it? Something fucking Adele. La vie d'Adele. There you go. La vie. Chapitres mm-hmm. one and two. Well, you know, foreign cinema. What you going to do? That's right. They play by their own rules. <laughs> they certainly do, and breaking all the rules and entering the contrarians zeitgeist for the first time ever today is uh, an entry from your native homeland, Julio. Uh, but before we can get to that, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. My name is Alex. The Peruvian one in the equation is Julio, and we comprise the contrarians. This is our podcast where we're right and you are wrong. Julio, are you excited? Are you happy to finally have something from your homeland after... Jesus, we're getting close to 200 episodes. Yep. Uh, I'm not excited about the movie itself. I'm excited about talking to you about the movie. (laughs) Just sharing a piece of the homeland with you. Do you know if this got any any kind of like major release there? It's it's a Netflix original, correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that alone is a big deal. That's the, the very first Peruvian Netflix original. So I think that's huge. I I don't know. I didn't read anywhere that it got a theatrical release in Peru, but I mean they're still pretty, pretty close down there for the pandemic, or at least somewhat. So maybe if things were you know pre twenty twenty, maybe you would have gotten it uh, <laughs> in theaters. But now it's it's the age of streaming, baby, and so what else? What more could you ask than having your your movie debut on Netflix? Well, we'll see. As far as that streaming nonsense goes, but uh, all right, Julio, coming off the heels of the Friends Stravaganza, we also had a quick little detour or a break right before school starts back up with uh, my sister and the uh, summer break trilogy or whatever you want to call it. Uh, quick detour. Now, uh, what motivated you to bring this onto our main timeline? Well, I wish I could tell you, Alex, that I had heard about this movie. And I couldn't wait to just bring it to the show to to represent uh, Peru in the Contrarians Olympics. But it wasn't as straightforward as that. Uh, it was more that uh, my wife is constantly trying to improve her Spanish. And so hmm. whenever something comes on Netflix or any of the streaming services that's in Spanish, she wants to check it out. And so she saw this come out. And she's the one that told me, hey, there's a Peruvian movie on Netflix and made me watch it with her. 
And then afterwards, she was the one that went, you know, you should do this on the show. You should force Alex to watch it. And I said, that's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, bending the rules a little bit here because uh, this movie it didn't quite reach the amount of uh, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes to get a tomato meter score. Uh, mm-hmm. But it has an audience score of 31%. And I was like, yeah, we can play with that. Uh, I went the opposite route. Uh I probably should be trying to work on my Spanish, but I was really fucking tired. So I just, there's an English dub for this. Yep. So I, just, I saw and I was like, Alex is going to do the dub. He did it well, for Story of Anshi. And, that, and then Kelly well, said, if Alex says that he listened to the dub version, tell him that I'm really disappointed and that I expect him to watch it again in Spanish. Well, I did also leave the subtitles on to see how much they fucked with uh, direct translation. <laughs> so anyway... For one, sorry, Avanche, that was like almost three hours long. So, <laughs> no, I typically I try to sound cultured, and I typically do try to with foreign films uh, watch them as intended. But when you're taking notes and you're tired, you gotta you gotta play the the cards that are in front of you. So, before we get into without saying goodbye, if this is your first time listening to the Contrarians, what an interesting entry to uh, join us for the first time with. But uh, for our returning listeners, give us a moment here while we explain our podcast and what it is we do to any and all potential newbies out there. Here on The Contrarians, we like to rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. That is our battle cry. We will find a movie on Rotten Tomatoes that is highly rated, a lot of times known as certified fresh, and make a case for maybe why that isn't the deal. Maybe why that's not the whole story. Something in the movie that was kind of overlooked, swept under the rug. Things critics are overrating. Bad acting. Just things in general that aren't worthy of uh, praise. Uh, Conversely, we'll find a rotten movie, uh, a film, as it were, typically about 30% below one of those nasty green splotches. And as you would guess, would argue for the positive merit of that film. Find things in there that are worthy of praise and certainly not worthy of a, a mark against them be it underrated acting bold storytelling choices score um, just whatever we can find to hype that movie up all in an effort to say you know this shit is subjective you can be as over the moon about something as you want to be or you can if you want to set your mind to it you can find something to hate about something Uh, but more importantly that those rotten tomato scores don't always tell the whole story Uh, but that all goes to comprise the first part the first half of our episodes here julio we call that contrarian's corner if listeners want to know how we really feel about the movie we're discussing they just have to tune into the second half part two that's correct part two aptly titled real talk that's where we tell you how we really feel we no longer worry about the run tomato score in this case the audience score (laughs) and we just tell you what we think of the movie how we experienced it Alex watching his first ever Peruvian movie. I'm sure he has lots of questions. I have lots of questions for him. That that will happen mostly in real talk. Ha ah, Ariana, come get the paints, because tonight we're going to be painting beneath the moonlight. All right, Julio, like you said, bending the rules a little bit for this one. 31% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Were you able to pull any quotes from that? Um, no, I, I, you know, loyal listeners know what that means. That means that we go to letterbox for quotes and thankfully there's lots and lots of quotes, uh, most of them in Spanish, but I, I pulled a few in English and, uh, we're going to go to the Spanish ones and, uh, real talk, but I'll translate them for you. So don't worry. You'll get the dub version of the oh, quotes. Yeah. All right. So let's start with, uh, Falusa gives the movie one and a half stars and says two white people in Cusco with a horrible IG filter. Was this, we can get to this a little bit later. How much of this do you reckon was shot on location? Uh, all of it. I think there's, okay. uh, there's no CGI in Peru. It's all practical. <laughs> Those are real mountains. They uh, did do that thing though, of the guy, the lead guy, they put contacts on him to make his eyes look blue. I was like, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> For contrast, Alex. Uh, but yeah, having been to Cusco more than a few times in my life, uh, that looked like it was Cusco where they shot. I mean, I could be wrong, but that, that looked very much like Cusco. Um, next, Hector gives it one star and says, I swear my country deserves better. I'm assuming he's Peruvian. <laughs> <laughs> and let's close with Camila, who gives it half a star 
and says a Peruvian bad joke, a necessary dialogue filled with Tumblr quotes and Wikipedia facts about Peruvian history. The love story was awful. I can't stand this movie. The half star is just because of Aunt Lichi. She made me laugh. <laughs> Aunt Lichi, she's a, she's a well-known Peruvian actress, Wendy Oh, Robbins. yes? Yeah, I've actually, I know her from other things. So I was happy to see her, and I was happy that she she was given kind of like the, the scene stealer role in this movie and that's a tough job because you know stealing scenes from from the leads here that's that's quite a challenge but but she manages so i agree with camila i don't agree with the rating half a star is incredibly harsh but um i agree about wendy ramos being a highlight um, but that's it alex that's all we have for contrarian's corner as far as quotes go so uh take us into the actual corner itself <laughs> Take us into the the recap. All right. So released on Netflix on March 18th of this year, 2022. This might be the, uh, I think it definitely is the most recent release date to episode we've done. Uh, Written and directed by Bruno Asenzo and starring Maxi Iglesias, who's the handsome boy, uh, (laughs) the machismo, el guapo. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Stephanie Cayo, who plays Ariana, our, our male lead is Salvador. So also starring the city of Cusco in all its glory. It is the, like there's a lot of really good setting and scenery in this. A lot of good shots, but uh, we get right to it, man. You get the boom, boom Netflix logo, and then you get <laughs> one signature, like studio signature, and then the movie starts. I was like, holy shit! We're used to like these American <laughs> movies where it's like at least a minute of like you know Dolby surround or you know the 20th Century Fox followed by Fox Searchlight. You know, uh, I can't remember what we did recently, but I remember making note of how many signature cards there were at the beginning of it. I was like, all right, get on with it. And then this one answers my prayers. We get right to it. Um, it's the tale of, like I said, Salvador, who, what would you describe what he does? He's not necessarily an architect, but he works for a hotel chain in renovating and trying to get deals done for new seven star hotels to be opened. He's a very, uh, driven and power and money hungry young man. Wouldn't you say he's a, he's a mover or shaker. He, I didn't even know that there were that you could give us uh, more than five stars to anything. Uh, yeah. Me too. I was like, wow, that must be really good. Just imagine, it's not first class; it's zero it's beyond. Class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, you know he's cool because he is the opposite of a white savior. You know, usually you you'd have your protagonist be a white savior in this type of movie, or uh, when you have this type of character, right? Like the the white guy that's going to come save the minorities. But in this case, even though he's a protagonist, in a way he's the bad guy. Like that quote said uh, a little bit ago, he's he's coming to gentrify Cusco. So that's cool that we start with kind of this this bad boy persona, kind of flipping the the archetype of the white savior. I I thought it was cool, and he's a celebrity to boot. I've never seen an architect being interviewed on TV <laughs> over <laughs> any of their work, but here, uh, I mean, that's that's just how they roll in Spain, I guess. He's married to his phone. You know, he he has all the trappings of a successful businessman in the 21st century. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like he really takes the time to appreciate what's in front of him wherever he goes, though. And where he goes is Cusco and Julio. I take it you've been there before. Yes, it's a, as you may have surmised from the from the movie, Alex, it's a great place to party. <laughs> so uh, I've been to, uh, I spent a, a few New Year's Eves in Cusco and uh, I've done the things, I've visited the ruins, I have friends that live there, I've, uh, I've eaten the food, I've, uh, I've lived this movie. <laughs> the only thing I didn't do was, uh, I guess, do the Salkantai Trail and fall in love there, but that's all right. I mean, you, you can't have everything. You went to Machu Picchu? Oh yeah. Almost every time I've been in Cusco. It's it's kind of like the thing. It's like it's like coming to Austin and not getting barbecue at Franklin's. But it's a it's a pretty it sounds like the partying's good. I guess what what's the phrase I'm looking for here is it's um it's kind of like a tight-knit community type thing, homes on top of each other, that type of thing or is it more of like a rural type place? Um well, I mean, it depends of where you go. It's certainly not as uh 
cosmopolitan. You know, it's not it's not like uh, I mean, kind of like they they allude in the movie. It's not like the cement jungle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that you you know it's not Houston, um, but it's also not Austin. It's I mean it's more rural than that, but it's also it's not like they're cut off from technology or anything. I mean like the ant here, like she has Tinder. Oh yeah, she <laughs> does. Little, she mentioned yeah. it several times, and I did make note of every time they try to like call out something of modern technology and like we have Uber, <laughs> we have YouTube, we have Instagram. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Letting you know that just breaking those stereotypes <laughs> about uh, Peru and South America, I think in general. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if what you're asking me is if the depiction of Cusco uh, is accurate in the movie, I think that for the most part it is, as far as uh, the look. You know, that's you're not gonna see any skyscrapers and no uh, seven star hotels in Cusco. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's all a little more homey. There's not a Cusco Convention Center. Uh, nothing like that. Well, I'm sure there is, but it's not like you know what you would expect. I think it's probably more uh, like warmer in, <laughs> more uh, more like lived in. Gotcha. Over there, you have the Plaza de Armas de Cusco, and this here will be the entire site of the hotel. So the reason for Salvador's trip here is he wants to open a hotel in Cusco. It's going to be one that overlooks Machu Picchu. And part of it is this hostel that he uh, is staying at. Part of the land there is what he wants to buy, what he's been sent to buy uh, in order to build the hotel upon it. He's quickly introduced to the local culture. We get a musical number to kind of kick off the the movie. And he's just kind of admiring from afar the the local customs and culture. The, as you mentioned, Wendy Ramos uh, who is the aunt? I forget what aunt uh, Ichi. What's Lichi? Lichi. Okay, and she she's kind of like this horny, you know. <laughs> I don't even know if I could say cougar. She's just kind of like this middle aged woman that likes to get hers. So God bless. Uh, <laughs> and then the the main female we're introduced to Ariana uh, again, played by Stephanie Kayo Kayo, and. Uh, we get to see her dancing fairly provocatively right off the bat. And they're doing some weird dance where like she has paper hanging out of her ass. And if like <laughs> a guy can light it on fire, it means that they're like supposed to hang out or go on a date or something. But like I said, it's, it's an evening of local culture that Salvador is soaking up. Julio mentioned the Tinder joke where Aunt uh, Lichi asks, hey, are you my Tinder date? That type of thing. And uh, we get a meet cute. I can't remember why, but uh, Ariana goes to get some, Paint, paint? Yeah. yeah, and they bump into each other, and the paint goes everywhere. And his first thought is immediately his attention turns to his jacket. He's like, "You don't know how much this mo- how much money this jacket costs." <laughs> okay, but you're making it sound like he's an asshole, and it's it's actually a little more. Uh, uh, he, he does have a bit of a charm behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think that he's he doesn't realize how uh, how full of himself he sounds. But actually, it's a two part meet cute, Alex, which you don't see very often. Uh, usually. American movies are in such a hurry to get things going that they just give you the meet cute just in one scene. But here, they dance. Like first, they dance. He's, uh, you know, he he tries to light the the piece of paper that's hanging out of her ass. He uh, <laughs> the aunt encourages him, gives him a a full candle, and she's like, "Go try to do this." He's like moderately successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all things considered, uh, seeing that he is not of the land, I think he he does okay. Uh, and then. That's part one. And then part two is he goes to tell her that she's a really good dancer. And then they they bump into each other. And yeah, they get paint all over themselves. How often, Alex, in in your experience, in your travels, how often do you get the two-part meet-cute in real life? Not often. So that's how you know they should hang on to each other. They get a (laughs) two-parter here. Destiny. Uh, he needs a bed, so he's going to stay at the hostel. He and uh, Salvador and Ariana end up like ripping shots together. I can't remember what they said it is they're drinking, but I, I don't. Okay. Well, have you had that before? Yes. Is it like, uh, it's like a tequila, vodka, rum. What's it like? Oh, man. My Peruvian compatriots are going to hate me because I I want to say vodka, but that's probably wrong. It, no, it's it's because it's made uh, from grapes. And... Uh, Kelly and I actually went to a, what would you call it? Like a Pisco farm? <laughs> you know, like a winery, but it's a Pisco. And they gave us, a, you know, the tour. And then they, they give you shots of different types of Pisco. And, of course, after the first one, Kelly was like, I'm done. So I was doing double shots for each bottle. It was oh, a, a very intense afternoon. 
I mean, you saw what happened here after three shots. Yeah. Yeah. That it. I was trying to think to myself while I was watching. This, I was like, when's the last time I did any type of shots back to back? And it's it's been a long time. They're way more advanced in age here than I would <laughs> dare to try ripping three shots back to back to back. So God bless. Uh, she reminds him to not underestimate the altitude. I appreciated that. That's a very real thing. A fighter by the name of Cain Velasquez, who was famous for his conditioning, Julio lost his heavyweight title. This is almost 10 years ago now when he fought in Mexico City because he didn't train at the same altitude. He got there and just like blew up right away. Oh, the air's so different. So I appreciated that reference here. It's something to keep in mind. Uh, but they immediately kiss and I was like, oh, I'll kiss already. And then my next one is, oh, sex, because they just go like right into it. <laughs> is, is this a Peruvian custom here? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you texted me uh, earlier when you were watching the movie and you said, oh, they get right into it. And I thought you were talking about the sex scene. I didn't realize you were talking about the opening credits. Yeah, it was kind of surprising because it's not like graphic, but like, you know, where it's like, it kind of comes out of nowhere. You you think they're just going to kiss and then she's like, oh, I can't do this. And the next thing you know, she's ripping his belt off. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I mean, look at him. Oh, yeah. He, even without the contacts. That's this. uh a nice piece of meat. And, uh, and Stephanie Cayo, she knows what she wants. That is, I mean, uh, there's a lot of uh, tourism in Cusco. Uh, you know, the movie shows it. And so you know what it's like when you're on vacation. You kinda, you're on fast forward a lot. Now, in the Peruvian movies you've seen, I mean, just going back to that, I know this is kind of an old trick and uh, different types of, you know, South American, uh, sometimes even Bollywood cinema, the... The contacts to have the lead actor's eyes turn blue, just to kind of have that. I don't know if that's supposed to be like you know classic movie star appeal or something like that. But is that a common practice in Peruvian cinema? Uh, no, but I think that that's one of those. Hey, this is for Netflix, so we gotta <laughs> we gotta try to do what what we know America likes. We gotta step up our game. Yeah, so they invite us to the dance again, so. I think much like uh, Paul Verhoeven when he was making Robocop. And I was like, oh, Americans like violence, right? And here, Bruno Senzo, <laughs> he was like, Americans, they, you know, they like fair skin, blue eyes. Let's, let's give them a little bit of that uh, along with, with the Peruvian culture. No kissing on the first date. Right, but this wasn't really a date. The next morning... And Lychee is just asking about the sex the night before. She's like, we could hear y'all all throughout the, the complex. And then Ariana turns around to her and is like, well, we could hear you all throughout the complex. So I was like starting to wonder, is this like a sex cult that they're just <laughs> that he's wandered his way into? I mean, it becomes apparent quickly. It's not. It's not like they start trading partners or anything like that. But uh, I guess this is another question. Are y'all as open? Polyamorous. <laughs> well, not just that, but as open sexually as the characters are here. Cause you know, that's, that's still like her aunt. They're related. She's just like, how was your fucking last night? So <laughs> I was just curious if that's a fairly common trait of just being very open with personal lives. Uh, I want to say, and look, I didn't grow up in Cusco. I didn't live in Cusco. I just visited Cusco a lot. So I'm not from Cusco. So I don't, I don't want to make huge assumptions and yet I will. And I think that that's more of a Cusco thing because mm -hmm. Peru in general, is a pretty conservative country. Um, okay. I don't think it's as conservative now as it was when I lived there, but still. And so I think that maybe in Lima, where I grew up, you're less likely to to be grilled about your sex life by your relatives. Whereas like in Cusco, because they're a little more just chill and a lot, they're a lot more fun in general. Uh, there's a lot less prejudice. I, I think that that conversation is more likely to happen. So, um, and especially the way that they've portrayed the... Uh, you know, on Leechy character here. It's just, it just feels natural. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, I think that it's, it's, a uh, that's how you do it, right? You, you get somebody that's not from the culture to be mm -hmm. your entry point into this culture. So you have Salvador who's from Spain. And so he doesn't really, uh, understand any of this. And, and so he is our point of view character. And that way you don't feel weird about wondering these questions. Cause you're like, well, he seems a little, confused as well by everything that's happening so that's that's a good thing it, uh, you know on the if you were to have the character the main character be somebody from Cusco 
well, then there's a lot less explaining to do because that person is away from that culture. And that I think that that puts everybody else at a disadvantage in the audience. Quickly, Ariana learns why Salvador is there and it leads to tension between them as she's a very, you know, hometown girl. This is where her roots are type thing. She has a lot of childhood memories embedded in this place. And we start here early to see the dichotomy between the two whereas like we said salvador is a very uh hustle and bustle businessman he sees the x's and o's the dollars and cents on things and she says to him here you know you can't put a price tag on people and so julio did you at this point this movie kind of flips the typical rom-com or you know the romantic movie whatever you want to call it on its head here the love story where they typically have this issue first and then fall for each other. We've already had sex here. And then the, <laughs> the uh, butting of heads of their personalities and their ideologies comes into effect. Um, it definitely subverts the traditional pacing. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, it makes it more interesting because now it's not, you know, cause usually you wonder, okay, well, these two people are so different. Why don't they just walk away from each other? But they, they already had sex. So that makes it a lot harder, especially, I mean, if the sex was good, it sounds like it was good because everybody could hear them, then it makes a lot more sense that even though they're so different, they still stick together because they just can't help themselves. Uh, now, I was thinking, uh, as, as I was watching this, that it's uh, kind of uh, fortuitous that we watched Last Black Man in San Francisco uh, mm-hmm. on our Patreon channel and ended up having this big discussion about gentrification and uh, and then we watched this movie that is a lot more lighthearted about the subject matter but still there and i was thinking this girl ariana she is the the peruvian alex mattis just raging against the people that are trying to transform the charm of her hometown and just you know put starbucks <laughs> and hotels <laughs> just make everything boring did you feel it alex or did i have that vantage point of like well i'm looking from the outside uh, so I could recognize that, or or did you did you go? That's right, that's me. That I, I'm I'm Ariana and Cusco's Austin. I wasn't really rooting for anybody one way or the other here, I, because the difference is like Austin is like a big city, a metropolis almost, and like had, but it had things that made it feel individualistic. This guy's just pulling up to like, you know, a place where it's just a small little commune of people, and he's like, "Here's money, get out of the way." <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair I, I you know we haven't been hit with eminent domain yet maybe when that happens i'll be like yeah go ariana <laughs> uh just another note does everyone talk about sex in peru <laughs> he begins making plans of what uh what they're gonna have to do you know they're gonna have to start digging and you know making progress for the land here and you know he's starting we're seeing the grips of his father and his superiors kind of coming down on him. He's got to get more uh, restrained on a on a tight schedule here. He's got to get TCB is what the name of the game is. He's kind of dragging his feet and I think it is at the um, for the reason of this female interest that's coming to his life. But she's made it clear she calls him a robot at one point and that you know he needs to kind of live more in the moment and adapt to like the opportunities that life throws his way and not just kind of not make plans. What's a Ashton Kutcher say in what happens in Vegas, he says, you just made a plan to make a plan. And it makes Cameron Diaz, you know, throw up her hair for the night and say, let's <laughs> let's go out and go crazy. Let's go to Cusco and buy a hotel. This is a pretty traditional at this point in the movie. It's a pretty traditional, you know, kind of free willed, free love, uh, laissez faire kind of girl. And then the uptight, no nonsense businessman. It's your standard, you know, love story type affair, but there's nothing wrong with that. And again, it's a Peruvian film. It's like we've talked about with other nationalities and other countries we've watched movies from. They deserve to have this kind of movie. So there's nothing wrong with just a standard story here. We should at least be glad that we're not once again saying, oh, this is just the Peruvian version of a Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> we we actually we need more rom-coms in the world as it is. So, yeah, bring it on, Peru. I, I was all for the formula, you know? Oh, opposites attract, and uh, attractive people, beautiful scenery. Just, I want to see them argue and fall in love even deeper. And that's exactly what happened throughout the movie. 
did I say something that offended you? Because I thought we were in sync. No, I don't get offended until someone shows me their true colors. Upon digging, they find a memory box that apparently Ariana planted at one point in time. Uh, we don't know what it is for a couple minutes. Julio, how would you say, what's in the box in Spanish? Um, <laughs> que que hay en la caja. Que hay en la caja. <laughs> and then, you know, shoots Kevin Spacey in the head. And then the movie's over. <laughs> okay, so he takes it back to her, delivers it to her. We're starting to learn more and more of how uh, deep her roots go and her family relationship and exactly why she is so emotional and sentimental about the location. The next day she's at the front desk. Uh, he comes in wanting to take a tour of Cusco. Uh, we get a, a puke joke because again, people of all nationalities, colors and creed deserve to laugh at a good puke joke from time to time. I think it's supposed to be like the people that come in and have food poisoning and then they just throw up all over the lobby and uh, Salvador ends up helping her clean it up. Yeah, I mean, it could have been uh, food poisoning, it could have been alcohol poisoning, or it mm. could have been the altitude, or a combination of those. I've, I've thrown up a number of times in Cusco. There's plenty of reasons, plenty of excuses to do it. It's never pleasant, but it's one of those things where you earn it. You know, it's like, there's ways to have a, a nice holiday there where you don't overdo it. But when you're there, you kind of want to overdo it. Like when you go to Vegas, it's just, you know why not go the extra mile even if it means that i might feel terrible the next morning <laughs> it could have been corona also i mean just the, that's no. right. <laughs> it was march 2022 that's right uh they end up going on a tour he, he wants to go on a tour of the area like i said she said typically it's only for parties of six he offers to pay for the entire the entire group by himself to get a solo tour so they go out big dick energy <laughs> oh yeah See that that's that's the little things that, that make it special. That's the kind of move you do before you hook up with the girl. Like after you hook up with the girl, that that's a little uh, over the top, I think. Yeah, that's that's usually what you do to wow them. But I think it shows his interest here and just how much he wants to spend time with her. Uh, I do not have money to throw around like that, but if I did, I would definitely make grand gestures like that. <laughs> They're going on a tour of the area together. They're very cute and coupley wandering through the local markets and things of that nature. They end up grabbing an Uber. Like I said, we have to know that there's modern technology in Peru. <laughs> when you were there recently, Julio, did you use Uber at all? Uh, I took an Uber to the airport. There so, you go. Hey, my Uber driver did not have an awesome name, though, uh, unlike the the Uber driver in this movie. Did you catch his name, Alex? No, what was it? The guy's name is Uberto. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, they take an Uber up to get higher towards uh, Machu Picchu. And he says, you know, we're not going to walk. She's like, well, we are, but we're not going to walk the whole fucking way, psycho. And so, yeah, they go begin exploring. There's really good scenery and setting. Like I said, uh, he asks about her tattoo on the back of her neck. She, uh, Elena, I think it is, was mm -hmm. her grandmother. She explains how she got the tattoo. We're just learning more and more about them. We get an Instagram joke as he stands in front of the vast scenery there. They end up uh, camping for the evening. And this is this is the whole sequence meant to show that she's teaching him how to live and how to live in the moment, how to enjoy you know, what comes of life and what comes at you. She teaches him to meditate, right? Yeah. There's a lot of back and forth of him trying to impart his philosophy, of, you know, trying to tell her, you know, why it isn't such a bad idea to build a seven-star hotel that will bring so many people and so much money into Cusco and her telling him that he's an asshole. <laughs> but <laughs> but he but she still likes him. So there's that it, this this section, the the, the road trip uh, section of the of the movie, uh felt a lot like the before trilogy. Especially like the, I guess the first oh. movie, like before sunrise. Where you know you have just this this man and this woman getting to know each other as they wander through a beautiful scenery, like very mm -hmm. colorful uh, scenarios. And I appreciated that because it's it's not the only thing that this movie is, but it, it made me appreciate that you can't just boil down this movie to one thing. You know, it's not just the Peruvian, I don't know, uh, you know, before sunrise, just like it's not just the Peruvian I don't know when Harry met Sally or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it has it takes from different movies and different inspirations from around the world. 
as soon as things are starting to seem on an even keel and kind of that they're starting to find each other's zen, we see that he gets a cell phone signal back. So he starts like, you know, freaking out about that. He's going to start taking calls, checking emails, that type of thing. She tries to wrestle it away from him, though, and ends up breaking his phone. So this, of course, leads to a fight between the two of, you know, you don't take things seriously. You don't take things seriously enough. You know, what's your your goal in life? All, all this shit, you know, the back and forth between the two of them. Uh, it's quickly, you know, quelled, though, as they end up just going to a hot spring together. Uh, I'd be mad if someone broke my phone, though. I kind of felt I was for him in this particular situation. Yeah, you, you kind of lose the moral high ground once you you break someone's phone, because that shit's expensive now. So yeah. you could make your point without resorting to uh, ruining a valuable piece of technology. Um, now, the, the hot spring fling here, the, the, the sequence, did you get uh, Showgirls vibes? I didn't even think of that. Are you talking about like the scene with... <laughs> It would Kyle McLaughlin and Lizard Berkeley in the pool. Oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> I guess well, they could have taken it there, but I wasn't getting those vibes at first. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's it's implied that they have sex, right? They have spring, hot spring sex. Oh, is it? I, I just because I thought she was. I know they make out, but she was like saying, "No, we can't." You know that type of right. thing. So. She's saying, "No, no, we can't." But then they keep kissing and and then he's in a great mood after that so i thought that that was it and and then i thought you know in the long history of the contrarians i think that only two movies have uh featured underwater sex showgirls and now without saying goodbye well yeah we haven't done spring breakers or (laughs) wild things so no we we have a, a list to add on to. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you might have something to it though, because you know he talks about her scars with her, and then the next scene, it just they're like in love. Uh, so I guess <laughs> yeah, sex was back in the equation. Yeah, you know they they had drunk sex when they first met, and now they've had meaningful underwater sex. There you go. It's that's the foundation on which most relationships are built. So <laughs> that's how you know you've reached the next level. <laughs> So they make it to Machu Picchu, and fortunately for them, it's a really light day, tourist-wise, as they're just kind of roaming around by themselves. You can't even see a llama, which is... <laughs> I've been there, Alex. There's llamas. There's <laughs> there's animals around. Do they uh, paint them black and white and tell people they're zebras? <laughs> no, people go for the llamas. People take selfies with the llamas. Do a YouTube search whenever you're bored and uh, look up videos of llamas spitting at people, at tourists that are trying to be cute. Because that's you're playing with fire whenever you go around the llama and you're trying to get a photo taken or try to feed them or whatever. Because if they're not in the mood, they're going to let you know. And more more likely than not, you're not going to be able to to dodge it. It's just going to get a whole lot of llama spit on your face. Gross. Uh, <laughs> but yes, after this visit, they are smitten they are in the clouds with one another just the way they are hugging up and kissing and touching on each other uh a new wrinkles added to the relationship though that night as they begin their journey back there's this like fucking chaotic bus ride uh you ever been on a bus like that up on the mountaintops uh yes i i, I don't know how often i've mentioned peruvian traffic in peru alex but that this this is almost like a documentary the, this <laughs> this section of the movie where uh the guy is just like under horrible weather conditions he's just barreling down the the, the mountain uh, in his little van it's uh that's how people drive in peru that's not just cusco that's just general peruvian driving and uh yeah it, it gets pretty scary when you're in cusco and you're uh because you know you're driving down a cliff so anything goes wrong you just you're down for good um so yeah this was her anxiety as depicted here it's very accurate sir Sir, could you drive a little more slowly, please? Well, what I love here, though, is that you can tell that Salvador is from a different country because he's the only one that's not freaking the fuck out in that van. Did you notice that? Like, everybody else is just praying and screaming and crying, and he's just sitting there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, he he can't compute. Like, it doesn't even cross his mind that something really bad could happen. 
<laughs> we're in a car. Of course, we're okay. There's no way that they wouldn't have given this guy a license to drive uh, if if he didn't know what he was doing. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's just like, oh yeah. I mean, what what's going on? Bad weather. No bad weather. But she's like, you know, sweaty palmed and you know, really nervous. And that's like how I get on flights sometimes. My most recent trip to Vegas, Julio. I never before for in my life has this ever happened. I fell asleep in my seat on the tarmac and woke up an hour into the flight. That is like, I'm usually like a really bad flyer. Two things. One, I was fucking exhausted from the week we had there. And two, uh, I had been drinking heavily that day too. So, but like waking up in the air like that, I immediately went to like, ah, what the fuck? Like, I was like, <laughs> cause I didn't even get to go through the process of like the anxiety ridden takeoff. You know, I was just already up there. So, um, the point of that story is that I can relate to Ariana here where they're hitting kind of the skids and the bumps. Cause when I'm on a flight, we have turbulence. I get that. And then we come to find out that, you know, I don't even have a, like a relation to that. Like I it, just, the idea of flying freaks me out, but we find out uh, through Aunt Leachy here momentarily that it's, you know, I had them, I know it's PTSD question mark. Cause once they get mm-hmm. off the bus, she doesn't want to get back on. And uh, we find out that uh, there was a, a wreck similar to that, that, took the lives of both her parents and she was 13 and lost both her parents and very sad ordeal, you know? Um, so yes, we've established some backstory with Ariana. We know why she's kind of a delicate flower and a bit concerned with some of the goings ons. Uh, we get some more backstory with Salvador as well. We see his dad, just a fucking asshole. He's just, you know, <laughs> he's uh, a <laughs> daddy Warbucks before he learns the life lessons. He's just, <laughs> A money grubbing, you know, step like literally he's in the prize. He's going to step over his own son because he can't get the deal done. Uh, I did love this shot here, though, is is like to establish how, you know, the Cusco living and just kind of uh, Ariana's penetrating the the mentality of Salvador because he ends this big Zoom meeting with his dad and then it shows that he's not wearing any pants underneath. I mean, that's like day one for me ever since yep. work from home has started, but we're, we're seeing it. relatable. <laughs> yeah. We're, like that was, I kind of pumped my fist. It's like, there you go, Salvador. Now you're learning how to live. <laughs> he is, that is kind of like a low key subplot in the movie, how he, because he brings it up a few times uh, about just the, the wonders of remote work. And I'm like that. That has to have been informed, you know, in the script. It has to be informed by just the, the two years of quarantine, lockdown, and remote working that most of us went through during the worst of the pandemic. So uh, it was it was nice to see it resurface in this movie in a fun way because he's constantly talking about like, oh yeah, you know, I'm at work, but I'm not at work. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> Every day, my man, I get it. And he's he's still on on top of that. He's getting to hook up with a. Uh, with a native it's, it's like avatar all over again <laughs> he is now one of the navi <laughs> yes <laughs> that's that's the one scene that you were missing in in avatar just sam worthington doing his his video recording his his video diary but no pants no pants there you go <laughs> this kind of feels like i'm on vacation a vacation with the best home office ever <laughs> <laughs> poor little you poor little rich boy in an effort to speed up the deal salvador meets with one of the local uh, city councilors city finance director something like that and it's just it doesn't take long the guy's just like yeah if you want to get this done you gotta fucking bribe me and he's like <laughs> oh he has this moment of reflection on it uh, did this feel alex because I, I, I couldn't tell you know i i as a peruvian i saw that i'm like of course there it is that's that's what was missing so it would feel like peru you need to have corruption there somewhere yes even in this fairy tale but for you as, as somebody who's not peruvian did this feel like it came out of nowhere like like the guy was coming on a little too strong because he's pretty bold about asking for the bribe and i mean uh, in the sake of a movie where you're wanting the main character to learn that there's more to life, I, I kind of knew that's where it was going. I did appreciate just how brazen he was and how like just direct he's he's like, Hey, bring me an Americana. Yeah, you want this shit done, you gotta you gotta pay me. <laughs> there's some Simpsons where police chief Wiggum's like I'm looking for Mr. Bribe. Have you seen him? <laughs> And I guess Ariana and Salvador are just a couple now because they're going to go out to this party together that night. And we get this like, a tremendous shot. They're walking down like this fucking path or alley that's uh, 
on both sides of it is just lined with flowers. It's very, very gorgeous. It reminded me a lot of the closing of Metal Gear Solid 3. That made me happy. But they get to this party, and it's like, um, for the second blue is the warmest color reference here, I wrote that this party they go to is like everyone's kind of to get to know each other, and she's like, oh, this is my friend Salvador. And it's like that dinner party in blue is the warmest color where all of Emma's friends come over and Adele makes dinner for him, but there's not any of the fucking tension that's just filled yeah. in that scene. So, like, <laughs> it's just the good times. It is. It's just the dancing and, like, you know, the the fireworks and the, uh, you know, the fun and just the happiness and the laughs. It's not just the pithy bitchiness and, like, worrying if my girlfriend's <laughs> sleeping with somebody else. <laughs> Uh, they do they do this thing that is pretty popular in Peru. I don't know if it's popular in other countries. Uh, I mean, Ariana did not make a point to tell Salvador that this was exclusively a Peruvian thing. So I'm guessing it's not exclusively a Peruvian thing. But um, the thing where you cook underground. Yes, I was going to ask uh, the... Fuck, what is that? I know that's a type of oven. I think it's used mm-hmm. in Indian culture, too. I may be wrong, so don't... Please don't come after me Indian if I am. Indian listeners, let us know. But have you ever cooked like that before? Alex, I don't even cook with like American technology, so let alone with something that requires a lot more work. Uh, but I have eaten that type of food. It it took me a long time because that's uh, as you can see in this movie, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a little more work than just throwing a barbecue. So we did it. I want to say maybe the last time before the pandemic that we went to Peru, we went on kind of like a day trip with Kelly and my family and. Uh, and one of the stops that was like the lunch was, uh, well, here they call it something else. I guess because in, in the coast, which is where we're going, uh, they call it pachamanca. And it's just basically, you know, what they were doing here. They, they just bury the food, they cook it underground, and then they serve it. And I would recommend it. If anybody ever offers you food that has been cooked underground, go for it. It's probably healthier, too. <laughs> it's, uh, it's enriched with soil and all that shit. It's a kind of meal we make in an underground oven. Everything goes into the oven. Everything goes in all at once? Yes, everything goes in at the same time. And you'll get to try some of the 3,000 varieties of potatoes we got here. 3,000 kinds of potatoes. Yeah. Salvador's dad tells him, you need to get this deal done today or else I'm going to come in and take over. It's going to be my, I'm going to be the captain now, Irish. And so he goes to Alici. And she's just made up her mind. She won't sell. She's not going to sell it. And he just, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to leave this with you. And he leaves the contract and her acting here wendy ramos is awesome when she opens it up and it's like it's all like you know physical reaction to it she's like whoa and she kind of like does the thing where she puts her hand over her heart because it's obviously a dollar amount that she was not (laughs) expecting like way more yeah that's uh, another big power move from uh from salvador this alex i think leads into the the second maybe third big musical number when they they play the piano together yeah, that, that's what follows next, because my note in all caps is he plays piano. So it's almost <laughs> like, you know, uh, our um, some of our asides and forays into Bollywood and Indian cinema, you know, that that's what I kind of felt here, because it's to further the love story between the two. Yeah, yeah, they, they have an, a spontaneous duet. I, I wanted to make sure we, we brought it up, though. We touched on it, because the song that they sing is not a Peruvian song. It's from a, from a Spanish uh, singer from Spain, yeah. uh, Joaquin Sabina. And uh, now this is, I can understand the gut reaction. It's like, why, this is a Peruvian movie. Why wouldn't you use a Peruvian song? But then you have to think about two things. One is that Salvador is from Spain. And this whole story has been about Spain and Peru coming together in a way. You know, there's a lot of bad blood there. And that's the other thing they have to remember, or they have to know. Maybe if you're not Peruvian, you're not as aware of it. But that's, uh, uh, Peruvians like they carry grudges, and you know, so we we, <laughs> we carry a grudge with Ecuador and the north because you know we have like border wars there. We have we carry a grudge with Chile uh, on the south because we also had border uh, conflicts there, and uh, and we absolutely carry a grudge against Spain because they you know they they colonized us. They <laughs> they were they were our rulers for a long time before uh, we finally became an independent country, and so. That's just another layer to this love story when you have somebody from Spain and somebody from Peru. And they, they address it. I mean, she she teases him a couple of times. She calls him a, 
a conqueror or a colonizer, and she's constantly making references to the fact that he's Spanish and that he's coming to try to to conquer Cusco again. She calls him, I don't know if that made it to the dub, but at some point she calls him the modern-day Francisco Pizarro, and Francisco Pizarro is the Spanish conquistador <laughs> that came to Peru and on that first trip. So That's tremendous. Yeah, it's a it's like a, that undercurrent, and then that culminates into this musical number where not only are they singing together and they look like they're in love, but also they're singing a song from Spain. <laughs> That's just like Ariana, like uh, uh, Stephanie Cayo, just surrendering in a way. But <laughs> just this is this is good. This is love. The Kavorka, he just can't be resisted. It's it's <laughs> it's over. Uh, again, the next thing that happens is absolutely predictable, but totally necessary where she wanders off into uh, her aunt's office and finds the contract there, reads it over and gets into it with her aunt about, you know, she's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to sell, you know, you know how much fucking money this is. We can make new memories elsewhere, that type of thing. So that leads to Ariana packing up and she just runs. She's, she's getting out of there. She doesn't want any part of this anymore. And Salvador goes chasing after her. And he's he's basically intercepted by his dad. Like, who is that crazy woman? You focus over here. <laughs> who is this guy, Alex? I, I I kept trying to come up with a funny like, oh, this is the Spanish whatever, and I couldn't come up with an equivalent. Is this is this a guy on a on a league of his own? The dad? Yeah. It's uh, Spanish Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, you could do like later stage Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, Spanish Frank Langella, you could go with too. <laughs> oh no, disgraced actor Frank Langella. <laughs> well, it's good to know that there's somewhere in the world there's somebody that can step up and take his place now because that's that's this guy. He comes in with an intensity that shows you that he knew he only had like the one big scene in the movie, and he was gonna he was gonna make an impression. Uh, did take you by surprise how? how much of a dick he was, because I thought maybe we were just catching him at a bad time. You know, sometimes you can misjudge someone online and yes. their texts and their Zoom calls are not how they are in real life. But then he shows up in person and he's even worse than you thought. Was that was that a surprise or were you were you expecting this? No, his character needed to be that big of an asshole for like the this movie to work in the way that it did. So I, I wasn't too shocked. And it's like you said, I mean, that, that's the formula. Yeah, necessary for the story to progress. And it, it progresses quickly because, you know, after daddy shows up and is trying to call the shots and he fucking scolds uh, uh, Aunt Leechy for not wanting to sell. He's like, I will double it. I will double whatever often. She's like, no, it's not for sale. You know, just just shy of like, that's the difference between people like me and you. I, you know, not everything's <laughs> for sale. And this is where Salvador grows up and he's just like, there are more important things, dad. And he's like, is this about that crazy woman? And... <laughs> He just, it's the growing up scene, you know? Uh, by the way, this guy is like the fucking Spanish soap opera version of Benny Safty. Like this scene in particular <laughs> with like his hair all like messed up and the, the five o'clock shadow really pronounced. What's his name? Maxi, Maxi Iglesias? Is that his name? Maxi Iglesias, yeah. Okay. I, I hadn't thought about it. And, you know, if we hadn't seen um, Safty in uh, Licorice Pizza, I probably would have had a harder time picturing it but no i i see it now yeah yeah because yeah, we're just gonna have good time you know he looks a lot different but he has that kind of curly hair that goes off to the side kind of like uh salvador does in this but uh he just tells him he's like i quit he's like i don't want any more of this he doesn't do it in a like a um, musical fashion but <laughs> enough singing in this movie yeah he quits, he goes, he finds Aunt Leechy, and he, they start trying to figure out where Ariana went, and it's basically like, well, she doesn't have enough money to fly, so we're going to have to start figuring this out. And there's this discussion of, like, you know, sometimes life doesn't go your way, so you got to follow plan B, and it's actually really funny, because Salvador's like, yeah, right, what's plan B? And uh, Aunt Leechy has to explain, it's just a figure of speech, like, I don't actually have a plan B. <laughs> that is, uh, I was wondering how that had translated, because it's a... Uh, it's a different kind of joke in in Spanish. She's just saying plan B, but mm-hmm. B is also like the verb to go. So, oh, okay. So it doubles as like the plan to go, and he's asking for plan B, and then she's like, "No, I mean plan to go." I think go, go. And I I'm impressed that they managed to kind of completely reword <laughs> that wordplay and still 
amuse you with it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. What is plan B? It's plan B. B, like existence, like find your bliss. Okay, B. so I should go. All right. Where am I going? So then he sets sail in search of Ariana, and we get a montage of the search. He ends up on the beach. He links up with some influencers, uh, again, to make sure we know they have YouTube in Peru. There are these, like, <laughs> explorers who are like, yeah, we have a channel on YouTube. Do you want to come along with us? And he initially turns it down, but then he... This, uh, this Peruvian Ben Affleck, you did see that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what I love about this, though, is that so he goes to Puno, which is near Cusco, I guess, you know, all things considered. Um, but so he goes to Puno and, OK, you not knowing Peru, like how small do you think this place is? Because he's asking he, he has a picture of her, I guess. And he's just going like one by one. He's checking with everybody to see if they've seen well, it. So it's an unfortunate thing for like the portrayal of Peru because it shows him like in what appears to be indigenous villages and then being on like modernized beaches and shit. So it's like, <laughs> I just, I thought it was funny for all the jokes you and I kind of have back and forth and, and not off here, but on the history of this podcast about the size of Peru and, you know, the makeup of it, that it really felt to me like an array of people and parts of the city he was going to, but in reality, how big is this place? So I looked it up just because I wanted to uh, to be able to give you some sort of comparison. And uh, so population-wise, it is uh, 140,000 people in Puno, which is more people than Denton had last time there was a census. Okay. Uh, I think Denton was like 130,000. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine being so in love with someone that you would just walk around Denton <laughs> showing your picture? Maybe, All throughout Denton. <laughs> maybe if I was 19, but not like the, this dude's a grown ass man, man. <laughs> that's true love, though. That's that's what they call the movies. Of course, if it was a beach town. I could probably like. I could say I was going there for it just to do do a trip to the beach. <laughs> I would ask like three people at the bar and be like, yo, you seen her? <laughs> no. All right. Well, I tried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he applies what he learned from Ariane, does some meditating, gets in the water, then realizes, you know what? I, I will uh, take you up on that offer. I'll, I'll venture out with y'all. And we get another montage with some pretty fucking cool shots of like a, a road trip. Where are they going next? So they're going up north to the coast. They're going to Ica, which is a hell of a drive. <laughs> it's, that's, I mean, I understand they have to wrap the movie up, you know. Well, I mean, it's still got its own montage, so I, I could understand that it was a drive. Yeah, I mean the the distance between Cusco and Puno, that's that's okay, that's doable, you know, in in one montage. But the distance between Puno and Ica, that's like a movie's worth. So, I, I mean, I appreciate, you know, creative license and at this point we just want them to get back together. So, there's no who has the patience for a realistic depiction of that kind of trip. Um but it's I, I was amused. I was and I I just love that the because they didn't have to do this, right? They could have solved this at the airport. They could, or at the train station, or whatever. If they really wanted to, you know, just stick to the formula. But this movie, among all the things it is, it's also uh, kind of like an, an unapologetic uh, commercial for Peru. And it's like we're gonna show Cusco, which is probably like the biggest, most famous, uh, most renowned city as far as tourism goes. And then they're like, on top of that, just the cherry on top, we're going to show you a little bit of Puno. And then we're going to go all the way to the north and show you a little bit of Ica. Uh, because why not? <laughs> just so you can That's see right. more more of this beautiful country. So, sure, fudge with the timelines a little bit. I mean, they did it in the last season of Game of Thrones. It just just power through those trips and so we can get to the finish line. Did you like the <laughs> that final destination when they arrive at... Uh, I guess it's Paracas, where they say they they end up, where where she's retired as a bookseller. Yeah, and like, it's just, again, cliche, but it's fine to be that way, where he's like, I think you'd like this one or something like that. And she's just like, what are you doing here? It's like, what do you think he's doing there? He's come to (laughs) sweep you off your feet. (laughs) He's a boy standing in front of a girl. Yes. Telling her that he loves her. (laughs) Uh. He spins like some quotes back at her that she told him about what is it? The sea heals everything. And uh, it's a lot like the end of Adventureland where she's so like in shock at first that she seems to be kind of rejecting it. But then she realizes like, you know, how special and important they are for one another. I mean, he, I think he even says as much that they're perfect for each other. 
but they also acknowledge that they get on each other's nerves, which I think yeah. is important. And that and that makes it kind of stand out from the traditional rom com because they basically tell each other that they don't know for a fact that they can that they're gonna stay together because they don't know that they can stand each other. <laughs> but also they don't want to be apart. So that is a realistic happy ending. Uh, I, I like that the movie didn't try to bullshit me into thinking that these two are 100% going to make the distance. There's a good chance that they'll get tired of each other after a couple months. And then, in what every movie should do, climax happens, credits roll. It, <laughs> Take us out. We're, we're out. I saw you mentioned as a consulting producer on this, Julio. Yeah, they called me. They they had a couple questions about uh, some scenes that didn't make the final cut. Uh, <laughs> Originally, they were going to the jungle after after <laughs> Ika. They were going to the jungle just for 15 minutes of more uh, touristic attractions. But I was like, nah, come yeah, on. Like, just go ahead and cut it off here. Save some for the sequel. You can release the extended cut on HBO Max. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Alex. I'm sure you have more questions <laughs> that need to be addressed in real talk. So I say we go there. Let's do... Listeners, we will see you in part two on the other side without saying goodbye. Y matarme contigo si te mueres Porque el amor cuando no muere mata Porque amores que matan nunca mueren